Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. I'm happy to welcome back to the studio, Nathan Knight. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Karen. It's a pleasure. Was it 2020 or 2019? It's been a while. I think it was 2019. I was here with, I think, Kelly Lorenzen and we had... Um... A lady from Ashe uh, Yoga, I believe that That's was with us. That's right. So it's been a while. It's been a long be time. I'm glad you remembered us and said, hey, I've got this new thing going on with Chris Fox, <laughs> and I need to have you know about us. So here we are. Welcome to the studio for the first time, Chris. Thank you, Karen. Happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. Sales reps for GMS. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, we. I think we uh, do a little bit more than just sell, but that is our official title, correct? Okay. Well, so let's let's just put the title aside because as I was reading your your bio and your company company information, it's clear that you do a lot more than that. So I would love for both of you just to jump in and tell us who is GMS and why is it important for business owners. Yeah, GMS is a CPEO. Um, we're basically a professional employer organization with a certifi- uh, certification by the IRS, which is where the C comes from. Okay. But essentially, all we do is provide comprehensive back office solutions to business owners. So whether that's you know your admin work, HR, healthcare, benefits, workers comp, our goal is to provide a custom solution for any problems that you guys are seeing. Basically, allow the business owner to sleep better at night, knowing that someone like us is handling all these administrative tasks. Because at the end of the day, you know, they didn't start their business to talk about HR or, you know, worry about their employees' health care. Although maybe some of them did, you know, the majority have a specific goal in mind. And typically those admin duties don't fall in, inside that goal. So we're here to take that off their shoulders and, you know, really do it ourselves. They really hit the nail on the head with that one. Not much more I can add, but yeah, basically we help business owners sleep better at night by taking the burden that comes with uh, managing human capital. So when you start to hire employees, there's, you know, compliance laws, things like that, that fall into play. And yeah, we're on a mission to take that off of, uh, you know, most business owners plate here in, here in Phoenix. So good. What size businesses or does it matter? Not necessarily. Our average consumer is typically between, you know, five and I would say 200 employees. We've worked with larger businesses. We work with the Mayo Clinic over in Ohio, so we have some larger clients that are, you know, a thousand plus. Um, but on average, we're more so focused on those smaller businesses, um, family-owned, you know, mom and pop shops. Those are kind of who we like to work with, especially being so present here in the valley. Mm-hmm. I would love to put a pin in GMS for a minute and talk about both of your backgrounds. What makes you excited about what you're doing, and what makes you a great representative for GMS? Oh. If we have uh, another two hours, we on do. The podcast, I know. Okay. <laughs> we have an hour. <laughs> Good question. You know, we've kind of known each other for a long time now. We started out actually meeting each other through a mutual acquaintance, also named Chris Fox. Oh, how um, funny. So, true. True. Are there many of you? <laughs> Apparently, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, several. Yeah. I was living with my Chris Fox at the time. He told me about this uh, urban concept for indoor farm that. I thought sounded really cool. So I asked him if I could come along and, you know, introduce myself. Ended up meeting Chris Fox number two (laughs) at the original Bambox location. And we kind of hit it off the bat. We had a really good conversation. I was still in my kind of college years, so I had a lot of learning to do. But when I met Chris, he kind of, as corny as it may sound, embodied all of the, I guess, values and ideals that I was striving to kind of master for myself. And I saw him implementing them on a real world level. So I was really impressed off the bat, really liked the actual concept of what he was doing. Um, And it was essentially growing 
nutrient-dense produce in an urban setting to feed the local community. So our whole goal was kind of to close the gap and, I guess, create a, a more cohesive, coexistive relationship between plants, people, and planets. And that was our whole goal. So we started off with Bambox. We did that for a couple of years, really got it to a level where we were, we were happy, we were profitable. We were growing about 150 pounds of produce a week, um, servicing a lot of different businesses, restaurants, farmers markets. We even had a direct-to-consumer delivery model that we were doing for a little bit. Um, and then COVID came around, and we had a lot to adjust with at that point. But we had learned so much through that, you know, the Bambox endeavor that we didn't really know what to do with it at first. We had all these pieces that were kind of floating around. And from an initial perspective, we almost thought that we had failed because COVID took us out. COVID really had a hard effect on the business itself. But when we kind of opened our eyes and looked around, we realized all the different things that we learned, all the new pieces of information that we gathered, all the new relationships and people that we met. When we looked at it from a different perspective, we realized it hadn't been any sort of failure. It had been an experience that we can actually move from and you know, be more successful in the future. So we separated for a little bit, both oddly enough, got into mortgages without talking to each other. Oh, um, both of you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, both doing mortgages and uh, loans and, you know, all that fun stuff during COVID. And then I eventually ended up reaching back out to him towards the end of 2022 just to see how he was doing. He told me a little bit about this company, GMS, that he was working at. And we reconnected. He invited me to, you know, come tour and come do an interview with the team over at GMS. And now we're here. Right. And we're that back. was when? Um, that was at the end of 2022. Yeah. Um, basically, January is when so I started. The full, yeah. So coming coming into your first year. Yeah. I love it. And how long have you been with GMS? Uh, since September of last year. Okay. So that's when our office opened, actually. So this is uh, one of our newer offices. Right. GMS has been around for a while, I read. Correct. Yeah. So we were founded in uh, Richfield, Ohio, back in 1996. So we've been around for about 27 years now, up until September, I guess, August of last year. The furthest west that we were as a company was Kansas City. Oh, wow. Um, so since opening the Phoenix office, we've opened San Francisco, L.A., San Diego, Denver. We've got plans for Washington and wow. Oregon as well. So we're in the middle of a big western expansion. And our um, our Phoenix office, the office that we have here, is actually going to be our western uh, region headquarters. So we're going to have all of our support staff and everything that we're uh, supporting businesses with behind the scenes. All of our staff are actually going to be here locally as well. Very good. Mm -hmm. Which is why when we say sales reps, there's so much more to that. You're building an empire here on this side of the country. <laughs> Trying to. Yeah, that's yeah. the goal. <laughs> so good. When does a company know or when when should we know that it's time to hire someone like GMS? So for me, what I always recommend is if a company's, um, you know, let's say you're, you're a startup, um, when you are ready to hire your first W-2, that's really the ideal time to get a company like GMS involved, um, just so that that way, you know, from the beginning, you've got your HR handbooks, you've got your job descriptions, you've got all of your onboarding in place, you've got policies in place for termination, because there's a lot of turnover at the beginning stages. And you really get it set up the right way from the beginning helps prevent the most amount of headaches. We're all about that, the maximizing the benefit there. So mm -hmm. I always recommend when you're ready to hire your first W-2 employee, um, that's a great time. Um, depending on, you know, cash flow and stuff like that, of course. So if you're piecing it together, you know, just in those early stages, you know, the earlier, the better, really. Mm -hmm. And how about for health benefits? How, at what point do uh, employers ought to be thinking about health care? I always recommend that should be on an employer's mind from the beginning, just knowing that it's going to be a necessary step along the way. And typically, your health care expense is going to be your second largest line item behind payroll. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really good to get 
competitive rates, but also have competitive plan designs as well. Because oftentimes, you know, as a early stage business, you're competing against these larger corporations and you're trying to attract top talent. And those types of people are accustomed to having very comprehensive benefit packages. So mm-hmm. uh, by partnering with a company like GMS or a PEO, you're able to leverage the buying power of the entire employee pool that we work with. So that's um, kind of a, a structural component of what the relationship is like with GMS is that it all operates through co-employment. Um, so that allows us to use our federal tax ID number, pool all the employees that we work with across the country together. And so right now it's about 60,000 worksite employees. And then we can leverage that buying power to get better premiums, more competitive plan designs um, when it comes to healthcare, care, uh, but also better premiums on workers' comp, unemployment, things like that as well. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great benefit to businesses, especially the smaller startups Absolutely. who are, are really kind of watching that. Well, everybody ought to be watching their bottom line, but specifically <laughs> those who are in the, that early startup mode. Absolutely. So PEO, Professional Employer Organization. Correct. Right on the money. And the C part is the certified part, mm-hmm. right? But I is this a new thing this side of the country? or Because I'm not, I don't hear PEO as a reference very often. Why is it so, why is it so hush-hush and quiet? That's a good question. So that's um, one of the things that actually really attracts me to this industry is that it is kind of a lesser known, lesser known benefit that businesses can tap into, a lesser known service, I should say. Because for me, back when back in the bandbox days, I ended up wearing all of the hats. So I was teaching myself all of the HR, you know, writing the handbooks, like, doing everything because you want to remain compliant to avoid your business that you've worked so hard on up to that point, getting right. shut down or even being at risk, you know, for that to happen. So I ended up wearing all the hats and I think that's what spread me thin when COVID happened. And so because of that, um, you know, my attention was, was spread so thin that we weren't able to kind of withstand the impact that COVID had on our overall economy. And so I think if I knew about PEOs back then, it could have made a big difference, you know, and so it really drives us, I think, Nathan and myself, um, in our current role, you know, is to help business owners not go through what we went through and uh, potentially make an impact on the longevity of the business. Yeah. And for me, it's always been, it comes down to marketing, I think. POs have been around for so long, but they were based off of the original model of co-employment. So that, I think, had, you know, initially a, a negative connotation when it first started out back in the 90s. Um, and that's nothing like what we do now at, at all with POs in general. But I think a lot of times people run into companies or businesses that offer PEO services and they don't really know because it's kind of piecemealed together, such as ADP, um, QuickBooks, those technically do a lot of the same things that we do. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about PEOs, it's just basically putting it all under one umbrella. And for me, I've always looked at at least the opportunity that we have here, kind of like how uh, diamonds were marketed back in, you know, the early 20s. They would have sales reps that had to essentially create this sense of uniqueness with a diamond. They were super prevalent. They weren't really that rare, but they had to kind of foster that belief in people. So they sent people out to high schools throughout the country and actually had people talk about diamonds to high school students. Really? Yeah. And the kids, you know, high school kids, they can't buy a diamond. They're not thinking about probably even marrying anyone at that point, but they knew that when they got there, that the diamond was the way to go. So for me, that's kind of the opportunity that we have is making PO or GMS particularly look like the, you know, the diamond of businesses. Make sure that when you're ready to take your business to the next level and, you know, commit, find a, find a quality service like PO and put it on the ring. Yeah, it's a great, <laughs> a great story to, to kind of explain why it's so important. Let's talk about well, the long-term benefits. So regardless of where you are at in your experience as a business owner, you've got, you know, the the talent <laughs> to manage and take care of. And there's a lot of aspects to that to help keep you in business and keep things running smoothly. Mm. 
there's a little bit of an upfront cost or commitment, but long-term, how does it pan out for folks that are long-term working with you guys? Where are the benefits there? So the benefits there really come from the scalability of it. So, you know, let's say you implemented a partnership with a PEO at the beginning stages, the way that like billing works with all PEOs, it's a per employee fee. So it's really scalable, you know, exactly what your, um, you know, bottom line is going to be for your HR side of things. I mean, oftentimes it's, I would say on average about, and this is being conservative, 20% of the cost of building it out yourself um, in terms of like hiring an HR, um, you know, director or, or HR manager, mm-hmm. um, you know, because then you have their salary and on average, that's about $104,000 um, per year across the country. So rather than you know, having to shell that out, you can partner with PEO, get all of the uh, benefits of having your own HR staff. But the difference being rather than piecing it together yourself and kind of building it along the way and learning as you go. Uh, overnight by partnering with a, you know, a company like GMS specifically, uh, you get the same HR back office as Fortune 500 companies would have. So a very scalable fraction of the cost. The other long-term benefit, I'd say, and one thing that really allows GMS specifically to shine within the PEO space is the fact that we are the owners and administrators of our own healthcare plan. So it's GMS Healthcare. If you work with us, it's not available on the open market. You can't get it through a broker relationship. Because we are the administrators, we're very involved with the claims process as well. So long-term, I think one of the biggest benefits is that you're not going to have those massive increases on your healthcare renewals. So let's say you already have plans in place, you know, for your business. And you, you know, oftentimes what will happen is they'll quote based off of like banded rates. So it's like street rates. And then after working with you for a year, seeing your claims history, they can increase that rate, you know, sometimes up to the highest I've seen is 49% year wow. over year. So with us, given that we are the administrators of the plan, we automatically audit any claim over $5,000. We negotiate with hospitals to ensure that the premiums remain level. And so the highest increase that I've seen with us year over year is about 14%. So that's kind of to demonstrate the difference that we can make in the bottom line when it comes to at least healthcare. And it's interesting too, because it's really, you know, dependent on the size, the scale of your business. Cause you take a, you know, a large company that's been around for 10 years, has 50 employees. It's a lot easier for them to see the short and long-term benefits of the services that we provide because they have concrete numbers that they can actually compare it to. They can see how much they'd save, you know, over time by utilizing our services as opposed to someone else. But when you're looking at, you know, startup businesses or maybe a newer business that's three years old, entrepreneurs that are in that stage that want to get there, it's a little different because then you're comparing nothing to the cost of, you know, our services, which is where it gets tricky. But at the same time, like Chris mentioned, you have to consider how much it, you know, how much it would cost you to hire an average HR administrator or hire someone else on your payroll. And oftentimes we're 15 to 20% of the cost that it would be to, you know, do that. So even from a smaller stage, I think it makes a lot of sense. And the biggest thing for me is when we were doing Bambox, there were so many things that we were learning on the fly. We don't know what we were doing, you know, right or wrong in the moment. Maybe after taking a look back and seeing kind of how we went about it, we, we can. But in the moment while we were actually in the business, we didn't really have anyone to tell us if, you know, we were doing things the right way, if we were being compliant. And that speaks to me as a you know previous business owner, because God knows what would have happened if we made a small mistake when we were three months into the business that came up five years later. That's happened in businesses all across the country, all across time. You know, there's been movies that came out recently where I think it was like the Blackberry story. Yeah. The Blackberry story. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's kind of really what spoke to me and I hope speaks to other business owners is, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of times people will look at this service or some of these items like 
something they should look at when a problem arises, and that's when it gets really hairy. But if you have all these things in place prior to that, you have the structure, you have the foundation from day one, it just paves the way to success. Yeah, you're going to either circumvent problems like that, or you'll have a strategy for knowing how to go in and, and tackle it. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. You both had mentioned that you really, with Bambox, had kind of just got in and did it all yourself. <laughs> I've been working on Phoenix Business Radio X now for six years and, and only recently have brought on team members to help take some of the responsibility off my plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do you say to a business owner who isn't ready to work with a third party and they, they kind of want to continue to own some of that? How, how do you handle that question and conversation when they look at it from that perspective and they're seeing you as this thing over here versus part of your team? Yeah, we run into that pretty frequently, actually. I'd say that's the most common conversation that we that we have especially when it comes to like you know objections if you will sure and so really what we try to do at that point is just further the conversation because when we when we sit down in a situation like that like let's say we're having a proposal it's a sales setting really all we're trying to do is just have a business conversation and if we benefit you and and you see that then that's awesome and it's a great fit and we have a you know excellent partnership um out the gate and if you don't, then, you know, maybe it's not the right time for you. Maybe you need a little bit more time to come around, and that's fine with us as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not for everybody at all times. And some people, you know, do have a tendency to get in their own way. We've know, been since, there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? We've been there as well. You know, so for us in Bambox, I think and I think this probably happens to a lot of founders as well. It definitely happened to me. But in working on the business, you at some point end up working in the business as a founder. And then you have to sort of take a step back. So once you start working in the business, you're then working to start, you know, to get one step removed so you can start to work on the business again. We essentially can help to bridge that gap and, you know, help get the uh, the owners out of the business so they can start working on the business again. Very good. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, just to add to that, it's it's any sort of value that we can bring. You know, maybe we can't, maybe GMS services specifically, you know, they're not a good fit for you right now. But with the amount of people that we meet and the amount of business owners that we have conversations with on a daily and, you know, everything we did with Bambox, it's hard for me to imagine there's not something that, you know, we can at least provide some feedback or give assistance on, whether it's a, you know, a service that is provided for monetary value or not. So, you know, even if someone can't work with us, like I have a a gentleman that we've spoken with a few times, his name is Josh Sue, and he's incredible. He's making some really, you know, amazing things as far as the tech and the um, food industry goes. You guys should check him out. He's over at Venture Cafe. Josh is, you know, he's not someone that is going to work with us anytime soon. He's a one-man show. He's kind of starting up his own thing. He's doing a, you know, a bunch of different other projects on the side. But we know a lot of people in the restaurant industry, right? We know a lot of chefs. We know a lot of um, owners. We know a lot of individuals that have either made changes or are currently making waves in that in that field. So we can connect them with one another. And, you know, maybe there's something that comes out of that, maybe not, but at the very least we're bringing some value. And that's really our, you know, goal at the end of the day when we sit down with the business. Fantastic. And what is it like to get started with you guys? Is it just a conversation and, and just exploring what makes the most sense? And I hear you, the, one of the very first things you said, Nathan, was that it's, you know, this is customized. It's not a one one thing fits everybody. And you can scale. We You would scale and grow with us. Mm-hmm. Or even if we have to contract a little bit, we can contract it back down. But Absolutely. how does that conversation get started? I'll be honest, typically with a cold call. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like, you know, most other sales teams as well. But Nathan and I have been really involved with, um, you know, going out and meeting in person. I, I prefer to have, like, in-person conversations, so we've sort of um, tailored our approach a little bit towards that direction. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, from there, really, it's just having a high-level business conversation. So um, we would start, we've got, we'd start the conversation given some background on GMS, um, you know, kind of like the conversation that we had at the beginning, given the history. 
basically get a barometer on you know how how versed are we with with the HR with the back off office side of things with the administrative you know burden basically, and then from there figure out what's important to them you know what's currently in place. So essentially, we'll do an audit of the current back office um, you know systems and how they're working together, what's working, what's not. First and foremost, we want to make sure that we uh, are able to keep what's working working. We want to make sure that we are a right fit in terms of the services that we're able to provide. If there's something essential that you know, maybe we just don't do that's essential to the business, then we'll be the first ones to tell you, you know, hey, this isn't necessarily going to be a good fit. We can do mm-hmm. all of this. And then that's a decision that the, the business owner can make. And then from there, eventually it culminates into a side-by-side, uh, side-by-side financial analysis of you know, what is what the current systems are, are costing you in both time and money. Um, and then compare that to what it would be with us. And oftentimes there's a very large discrepancy there. And so it makes the conversation a little bit easier at that <laughs> sure point. Sure it does. <laughs> yeah. The reason I mentioned, you know, customizable earlier, uh, oftentimes you work with a business that's similar to GMS, you're going to get, you know, one size fits all solution. You're going to get an account rep, which is really a, you know, 1-800-I-PRAY number that hopefully someone answers and gets back to you. But mm-hmm. like Chris said, you know, we do that initial meeting and really it's just to find pain points. It's to foster that honest discussion like, hey, what problems are you seeing in your business? If you're not seeing any and we can't save you any money, then that's totally fine. We'll be the first to tell you that, like you said. But if there are issues that you're dealing with on a daily basis or there's somewhere that you want to get your business to over the next six months, that's the kind of conversation that we want to have to see how we can help. And then from there, we do our implementation. So we do that cost by cost, you know, the side by side cost mm-hmm. analysis. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, we'll, we'll take a month and actually go to the business, see how we implement ourselves, see how they're currently doing things from the foundation so that we're not just coming in as a enemy or a third party. We want to grow with the business. We want to be a partner. We don't yeah. want to be just a service provider for you guys. So I think that implementation is really key. Yeah. And then I think due to that approach as well. It really speaks to our retention rate. So first year to second year, our retention rate is 98%. So because we take so much time at the beginning to really foster that partnership and not yeah. just be treated as a vendor, um, most businesses you know, stay on with us for the, the remainder of you know, the lifetime of the business. So you two are not new to Arizona, but GMS is fairly new to Arizona Correct. within the last year. Mm-hmm. And how can we help you continue to grow and be known, right? So who, what kind of professional organizations and what kind of businesses ought to be aware of? And, and to your point, even if they're not ready or, or not in a position to need your services, we know people who, know, who you know, who are, who likely are going to need that. So where are you networking? What kinds of things besides being a guest on Business Radio X are you working on to get the word out? We've been really involved with um, the Center for Entrepreneurial Innovation down at uh, Gateway Community College. Good. So we just spoke at their, uh, what that is, it's an incubation space yeah. for biotech startups. So they've already gone through proof of concept. They're at the point where they need investment or a, a plan to scale, like a go-to-market strategy. There's about 30 founders in the current program. They've had some graduates as well. So we spoke at their founders forum last month. It's a monthly event. They get all the founders in there. And we were able to provide, you know, some HR education. Basically, we... Um, we virtually had our um, account managers, payroll specialists, and um, benefit administrators on the call or on the presentation as well. And so really provided a lot of value to those founders and kind of an open forum conversational type of setting. Um, through Venture Cafe, we've also been involved, or excuse me, through uh, Center for Entrepreneurial Innovation, we actually uh, got connected with Venture Cafe down in downtown Phoenix. So we've been going there as much as we can over the past few months. And um, that's led to a lot of uh, really good and engaging connections. Um, so we're, we're actually going to a Chase Bank 
networking presentation thing uh, later today through a connection that we made at Venture Very Cafe. Good. City of Phoenix and their workforce development program as well. We were in some talks with Mesa Chamber of Commerce. We just joined, joining Gilbert Chamber of Commerce sometime this week. But yeah, so really any organization that um, focuses on, you know, the local Arizona economy. Very good. Yeah, and if you're in a good place or, you know, you're trying to wind down the business or you guys are at a comfortable space, don't have any issues, I'd still love to have a conversation with you. But really, if you're trying to grow the business, if you have specific goals in mind, you have three or more employees or, you know, you're one of them even, I would say that's the kind of people that we want to meet with and chat with. So good. Members of Local First yet? I mean, I know you're a, your parent company. I don't know if you can be a member of Local First now that I say that out loud. We, um, so not, we haven't done any um, large conversations or events with them. We actually have a, I have a meeting scheduled with Amelia from uh, Local First Good. here in the next couple of weeks. So we're hoping to connect with them and kind of build that relationship out somewhere. Yes, I'm, I'm sure there's a fit there somewhere. Uh, again, the, the key is Local First. And while you are focusing on local businesses, your company like mine, although I own this studio, but I'm part of a larger organization. So there's, right. there's a lot of room for you guys to grow and, and clearly businesses need to know about the services that you provide and the fact that it's customizable mm. makes it really uh, very impactful Absolutely. and exciting. Yeah. And that's, um, that's, I think one of our differentiators too, that's what I was going to say earlier yeah. is that um, what sets us apart from like our largest competitors. So our competitors are um, companies like ADP, Paychex, um, Insperity, Paycom, you know, those payroll providers, they also do PEO services. So typically, you, and you never hear that about those um, big companies like that. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's the sales approach because they start you off on like a free plan or, you know, like a single user type plan and then kind of piecemeal it as you go. And then eventually you're in a PEO type of relationship some of the time. But <laughs> what sets us apart really is that those those companies, you know, like a company like ADP, they're international, they're the largest payroll provider in the, I think in the world. And so they're looking for a specific type of company. They've got a demographic that they look for that's like their target client. You know? Right. It's about 500 employees or so, large companies. And so it's at least what, what I've seen in my experience so far is that it's sometimes more difficult to get um, high-level support from those larger uh, corporations if you are smaller than their typical target demographic. Um, and that's where we come into play. So we we saw that, you know, I think Mike Cahill, our CEO, probably saw that as a market opportunity. And we've designed our services to cater to that. So our founder is still our current CEO after 27 years for the largest privately held PEO in the country. I read um, that. Yeah, very proud about that. And so we, given that that's the case, we still kind of have that startup feel or at least the family-owned business Even feel. after 27 years. Exactly. <laughs> that's yeah, amazing. Which I think is um, really our biggest value component. So like, for instance, like after going through implementation with us and logging into your portal right when you log in you've got a picture of your actual account manager's face with their direct line to their desk and they pick up they pick up the phone on the second ring every they time are part of your team exactly they're <laughs> part of the team so we really try to bridge that gap and help it feel personal personable i, mm -hmm. I guess i should say because most people i mean the last person you want to talk to is the hr team and, you know if you're in a corporate and when you do have to do that it is personal it to is. your point, I don't think that was a Freudian, Freudian slip. I think that was a, le a legit way to say it mm -hmm. because if we're having HR problems, it is personal and it's something that's um, scary. So you've got to be personable, <laughs> Absolutely. but it definitely matters on how it's handled and and, and how quickly mm -hmm. and with, uh, with what expertise is available to you. And if we're trying to do it on our own, we're likely not going to be able to, to tackle something like that that well. Yeah. Yep. Definitely can give it a swing, but yeah. if you do it right, that's the question. <laughs> yes, right. And and no one wants to be banking on whether or not I can figure it out in enough time for uh, some issues that might come up in the workforce. Mm -hmm. So good. So you both have been incredibly busy for years. Outside of work, what kind of things 
keep you busy and any fun stuff outside of being invested in, in your lives as entrepreneurs and business owners? So for me, um, I spend most of my time with my kids outside of work. I've got a daughter who's five. Her name is Willow. And she starts school here in a couple of weeks. Kindergarten. Yep, starts kindergarten. Oh, boy. Nervous, excited, all of the above on that one. Yeah. Um, then my son is two. He's in a little bit of a defiant stage right now. So Welcome to two. Yep. Mine yep. just turned 16 last week. We're going through that phase all over again. Nice, he's nice. got his car. He thinks he's independent. <laughs> There's a little bit of that. I let the leash out a little bit more. But yeah, I, we're going through some of that old two, two-year-old two stuff. Why can't I? Yeah, I good. My son's probably doing the same thing with his little toy car that he, he scoots <laughs> right. around. Well, just just so you know, it's going to come It's gonna come around again. So good. So being a dad. Dad and, and caring for your family yep. is top priority. I think yep. we actually might have uh, spoken to you on the phone when you were driving as a passenger in your yes, son's car. Yes, so we did. That's it sounded right. like he was doing great. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he actually is an excellent driver. And I did sign him up for a State Farm class that was, I think the, the title of it was From Cocky to Confident, <laughs> because he really is an excellent driver and he knows that. But I also need him to be aware of, you know, <laughs> how serious of a thing. This isn't a, a video game. This isn't, a, you know, something on your, an app on your phone. You're literally driving yeah. a killing machine right. <laughs> and yeah. you've got to know the rules of the road. But I yeah. forgot that we, I think all three of us were on, yeah. on, yeah. on that time. That's right. <laughs> One of my last business meetings while sitting in a car, now that he's driving on his own. I don't have to do any more uh, Zoom calls. Calming for the nerves, hopefully. Yes, exactly. Uh, How about you, Nathan? What keeps you busy outside of work? Mainly my dog, I would say. No kids for me, Mine too. What kind of dog? uh, She's a pharaoh hound Doberman. People always think I say feral, but pharaoh, like Egyptian pharaoh, pharaoh hound Doberman mutt. So she's a, uh, a hunting dog, basically. Yeah, kind of looks like a greyhound. Yeah, I was picturing a greyhound. It's a large. Large. Yeah, she's about 75 pounds. I have a Healer Shepherd, 91 pounds. Ooh, she okay. thinks she's a Chihuahua. Maybe medium then is mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I th- she thinks she's a Chihuahua, and she is just so strong. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So how old is your dog? Um, she was a rescue. So I actually, funny story, when I was looking for dogs, my roommates at the time, the original Chris Fox, told me that I couldn't get a dog. And I was like, okay, that's I, I, I appreciate. I was just going to say, you're not the OG. <laughs> yeah. I won't take offense to that in words. Um, but it, well, little sidebar: he is actually referred to as Chris Fox Number One. Yeah, the other Chris Fox wouldn't let me call him Number One. Are <laughs> so, you older? Or? No, he's older. Okay, he's but he wouldn't. He wouldn't allow that. He wouldn't. No, it's funny. <laughs> so the first time we met, it was because we had the same name. I was ordering. He was. Um, oh, I think he was consulting for Chop Shop, and he was working the register, like checking out the POS system or something like that. <laughs> And I'd ordered some to-go food. You know, when they do that, they ask for your first name. I have a common one, so they ask for my last initial, or he did. I said, Chris F. He goes, no way, I'm Chris F. I go, what's your last name? He goes, Fox. What? I was like, that's insane. So I did a victory lap around the restaurant. I was like, this is crazy. Anyways, after that, we linked up on Facebook. So I looked him up on Facebook, and we went out, like, that Friday night. So fun. And um, he had some buddies in town for a bachelor party. They were going up to the lake the following day, and <laughs> Chris got a little... A little tipsy. Um, and so he his phone died, I think. He got separated from his group, brought him back to my house. He's, he crashed on my couch, and um, I had no idea about the lake the following morning, so he actually missed the bus to go up there. Oh, no. So I gave him a ride up to Lake Pleasant. <laughs> now, now you are you yeah. are number one, Chris Fox. I think that's how I earned that title. I think so. Yeah. Forever <laughs> number one. And now they're happily married. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. He, um, it was cool meeting them, though, and being with both Chris Foxes. But they actually, not him, 
not our Chris Fox here, but he had told me that I couldn't have a dog. You can uh, call me number one. It's okay. <laughs> number one. He, told me, he said no dog. He said no dog. So I said, all right, that's good feedback. And then I went out and got a dog. Um, <laughs> so when I got her from the store, though, she was a rescue and she got free of the owners or the, the handlers, I guess, and ran down the aisle straight into my arms. So as soon as that happened, I thought to myself, you know, I can't not go home without this dog. Right. So her original name was Barbara, which is terrible name that's for a dog. Hilarious. Her. But her name now is Aya, like papaya. So um, Aya. A-Y-A? A-Y-A, uh-huh. yeah. she, She's named after one of the first Egyptian pharaohs that was a queen. So cool. Yeah. Better but, than Barbara. Yeah, better I mean, than no Barbara. No offense to Barbara's yeah. in the world, but a dog named Barbara. <laughs> yeah. but, it, but besides that, and all the time spent on the dog, she eats most of my food and <laughs> likes to wake me up. We're actually playing around with a new idea for a business model that we're thinking of, or at least some sort of value that we want to bring to people. Um, so we're considering actually starting a podcast like this. We yeah. want to do some networking and marketing events. So I've been spending a good amount of time, you know, kind of building that out and getting a better grasp of the concept and where we want to go with it. Good. Staying versatile. Yeah. I love it. Very good. So for our listeners and our viewers, what is the best way to get in front of you if they want you to come and and speak to an organization or something like that? Is there an uh, an email or the website? What's the best way for them to connect with you? I would say email for me. It's going to be nknight at groupmgmt.com. Make it easy. It's my first initial last name, and night at groupmanagementabbreviated.com. Great. Or cell phone. That's also easiest. I prefer uh, phone calls and text messages, honestly. 714-305-6657. Again, that's 714-305-6657. Give me a ring. I'd love to chat about your business. Great. And the website is groupmgmt.com, right? Yep, correct. Yeah. And how about to stay in touch with you, Chris uh, Fox, so- number one, <laughs> <laughs> at least in my book. Um, so same as Nate, email, phone call, text is um, is ideal. Got the the website domain right. So if you want more information, you can check us out online. My cell is going to be 623-304-0245, 623-304-0245. And then my email is just cfox, C-F-O-X at groupmgmt.com. Excellent. So good to have both of you in the studio with us today and really excited about making some of those connections and, and furthering the, the work that you guys to do, get to do on this side of Kansas, I think is what you said. Is that right? Kansas yeah. City. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Phoenix Business Radio X, it's been around for six years. I opened the studio. And before that, nothing this side of the country beyond Atlanta. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> yes. And so I'm, I kept saying, you know, I'm... Trailblazer. Yeah. yeah. And we now have more on this side of the country. Uh, first female studio owner. Now we have two of us. Thank you. Huge. So super fun to be, you know, coming out west and, and bringing some great concepts out yeah. here. You're doing amazing too. You know, fostering these kinds of discussions and just chatting out the local community. It's, it's, it's so important. There's never a conversation that we have in here that isn't inspiring and, and isn't important for business owners. Obviously, different industries and different verticals and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, we really want to help make sure that businesses are successful mm-hmm. regardless of, of who they're you know spending their time with and supporting. So I appreciate you saying, let's let's get on with Karen and, <laughs> and have a conversation. I'm glad you reached out. Of course. And again, it's been great to get you guys to know you and how you represent GMS and the great businesses that you serve. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening. 